Welcome to the Genius of Liberty, stories that celebrate the crucial yet forgotten role Ohio played in the fight for women's right to vote. I'm Hillary Copsey, your host. This series is named after the Genius of Liberty, one of the first U.S. periodicals published by a woman. Elizabeth A. Aldrich covered national women's rights conventions and advocated equal access to education, equal pay for equal work, and voting rights for women. She also had ties to the Mercantile Library. Catherine Durek writes and voices Genius of Liberty stories, and Chris Messick records and produces the series. Today's story is One March More. Hallie Quinn Brown of Wilberforce, Ohio, and the members of the National Association of Colored Women fought for civil rights and woman suffrage both before and after adoption of the 19th Amendment. In July 1920, the National Association of Colored Women's Clubs met at the Tuskegee Institute to elect new officers, a matter of unusual interest, according to reporter Lester A. Walton, because this was a time when white and colored women were making a sincere effort to further racial amity. It was essential that a strong executive head should be chosen in the aftermath of grisly violence by white supremacists the previous summer. The new leader would be charged with furthering members' central concerns, which included enforcement of the 14th and 15th Amendments, suffrage for women, the enactment of a federal law to put down mob violence, and an emphatic protest against anti-Negro propaganda in the press. Hallie Quinn Brown of Wilberforce, Ohio, was elected president. Hallie Brown first made her mark in the global women's rights movement in London at the International Council of Women in 1899. Noting that no women of color were among the scheduled speakers, Miss Brown objected forcefully to a paper given by a white compatriot whose observations on the destitute classes entirely omitted the plight of black citizens. Miss Brown rose to speak, addressing the audience with a voice of wonderful magnetism and the capacity to hold the listener spellbound. Hallie Brown later reflected upon the moment. My opportunity had come to tell of the Negro's sufferings, his daily contact with injustice of the harshest kind, to tell of brutal lynchings, of the convict lease system, and of the barbarity of constant discrimination. So profoundly had she impressed the organizers of the meeting that she was added as an official delegate and invited to all succeeding events, including the crowning feature of that great Congress, tea with Queen Victoria at Windsor Castle. Two decades later, Hallie Brown led the National Association of Colored Women, which participated in ceremonies unveiling the portrait monument in the rotunda of the Capitol building on February 10, 1921. A gift of the National Woman's Party, the monument depicted suffrage pioneers Susan B. Anthony, Elizabeth Cady Stanton, and Lucretia Mott, and was inscribed with a bold caption describing the figures. Woman, first denied a soul, then called mindless, now arisen, declaring herself an entity to be reckoned. Hallie Brown was the only colored woman permitted to make a plea for her people in the future program of the National Woman's Party at the gathering, and her words were reported by the Competitor magazine. In the name of common humanity, our organization of 100,000 women comes protesting against mobocracy and lynch law. 
Two forces which, if allowed to go unchecked, will cause the downfall of this nation in brother rising against brother. These lynchers, with the stench of burning victims in their nostrils and garments singed by the same flames that cremated a writhing human being, these men return to their homes and reproduce a brutal, bloodthirsty, criminal instinct in their offspring. We recommend that colored women be given the proper federal protection in the exercise of their suffrage. The next day, the suffrage monument was removed from the rotunda and relegated to a broom closet in the basement. Congress ordered the offending inscription to be chiseled from its surface, and black women's rights were swept to the dustbin for decades. Brown was undeterred. To the women of the country, I would say it is the last fight that wins the battle, the one march more that wins the campaign. Women, step forward, and the victory is yours. Thank you for listening to The Genius of Liberty. You can subscribe to The Genius of Liberty through Apple Podcasts and find all of our episodes at soundcloud.com slash thegeniusofliberty. Our theme music is Battle Hymn of the Republic Medley by Marissa Anderson, originally recorded live on WFMU and used with permission. Genius of Liberty stories come to you from Cincinnati's Mercantile Library. You belong here.